0: Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and I get to have some pretty cool conversations with some pretty cool people in the, the world of sports. Today I have Rob Curley, former football player, Division One athlete um, in the Patriot League. Let's go. He uh, he had some fun there and then eventually actually went up over to Sweden and Italy to play football. Not like NFL Europe, just like just football in those countries, which is really cool. So he tells us a lot of stories over there. He, um once he finished football there's a little bit of time in between but he put together he is a co-author of the transition playbook for athletes how elite athletes win after Sports. so it was really interesting to get to talk to him and, and hear about the project itself but also just hear about his life his story and what he's been up to so it was a lot of fun talking to rob and i hope you guys enjoy this conversation yes. good all right today special guest we got Rob Curley co-author of the transition playbook for athletes how elite athletes win after sports Division one college quarterback near and dear to my home maybe not my heart but my home and played for, <laughs> played uh, professional football in Europe earning league MVP honors congratulations on that one man thanks for hanging thank, out Rob thank
1: you. thank you thank you Michael thanks for having me on man I'm really uh, enjoying this conversation you know looking forward to it
0: so far so good we've been uh, we've been to- chit-chatting for a couple minutes here so i just thought why not at least press the record button we can get some of this good content and so rob first question i always like to ask everybody on the for the love of sports podcast is why do you love sports uh
1: sports is uh, everything really for me it's competition it's uh you know you get to meet people it's it's interaction it's it's uh getting some fresh air you know it's you know growing up in new jersey excuse me uh you know it's what you did all day all night man and really i mean as a kid until relatively recently man it, you know if i wasn't uh you know at something uh you know where i had to be i was outside running around playing
0: i love it man and yeah I, it kind of runs my entire life at this point too i mean i work in the industry uh so that helps but also just all the networking events and the meetups i go to are usually sports focused if i'm going somewhere on the weekends we're uh we're checking out which games are on and and which games we need to watch at what time especially during football season so totally agree it it is everything the competition all the 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 uh you know of short for fanatic right i've only said that a thousand times on this show but <laughs> it is uh it is fun man, and it gets our gets our juices flowing so yeah man let's start uh football career so as we as we spoke about grew up in new jersey a little bit um where, uh you went to a relatively uh known high school here in new jersey you want to tell us a little bit about that uh, that whole process and and figuring yourself out and learning how to play quarterback
1: absolutely yeah so uh I grew up in South Jersey, um, you know, not far from, uh, well, I guess funny to say, so my high school career, uh, I played at Holy Cross High School, which is in Delran, New Jersey, South Jersey, uh, which is uh, where my mother and father both both uh, met um, and, and graduated from as well. So since, uh, you know, since I was a young child, I was always going to Holy Cross, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always thought I would go as, uh, as a baseball player. So uh, my dad played football when he was there back in the 70s. And uh, as I was an incoming freshman, uh, the uh, freshman football coach called my dad and said, hey, you know, I know you have a son. He's a baseball player. If he wants to play quarterback, we have no quarterback, you know, we'll jump right in and play play right away. And I had no experience playing football. So uh, I thought about it for about, you know, two seconds and said, yeah, I you know, I want to be the quarterback of a football team. That sounds pretty incredible. So I uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to, you know, go there as a freshman and play uh, as a freshman uh, on the freshman team. And then uh, sophomore year through, through senior year on varsity, I uh, had a pretty good, Good career there. Um, and then, yeah, you know, had the chance to, uh, to go on and play in college. I uh, played at Lafayette College up in Easton, Pennsylvania, like you mentioned uh, before. Um, so, yeah, spent some time in Easton, uh, The three-year starter there. Um, you know, had a lot of fun up there and, and, and met a lot of incredible people. Uh, after that, I had the opportunity to continue my professional career overseas. Uh, so I played a couple seasons in uh, Sweden, uh, Switzerland, and Italy um professionally so for me that was like a dream come true uh you know got the opportunity to travel and 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 see these new cultures with with kind of football as a vehicle so uh for me yeah it's been it's been an incredible journey you know through sports
0: sounds like a pretty sweet ride man and i want to cop back to the beginning of that story for a second you you said that you did not play football until you joined the freshman football team correct Okay. Correct.
1: Yeah. That, I, just, I, just me, wanted, was-
0: I just wanted to make sure that I heard that correctly because then I, I, I again here in my notes, you played Division One college quarterback. You know, we're not messing yeah. around. Lafayette Patriot League school, legitimate um, program. Uh, that's very impressive. Just, just say like, yeah, sure. I, you know, I can throw a baseball. Why can't I throw a football too? Just kind of <laughs> hobbing onto the team, like, dude, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's part of it. You know, I mean, part of it is growing up playing all these different sports. You know, I have all these different skills from from basketball, from hockey, from soccer, from all these different things that I grew up, you know, just kind of messing around and doing. So you kind of develop a skill set that that, you know, really, for me, ultimately allowed me to be successful as a as a quarterback because of uh, all these different, you know, different things that kind of added up to, you know, to my skill set that that really helped me take
0: off. What happened to the baseball career, man?
1: yeah baseball baseball was something man so I played uh played freshman year and uh close to the end of the season uh we played a team uh, in the city somewhere and they had like a metal home plate uh so I'm rounding third scoring a run metal cleats uh, come and step on on a home plate and roll my ankle and like really snapped it so that kind of took me out after my my freshman year and then going right into to sophomore year I, you know, I, you know, eventually recovered and had a really successful football season that year. So that's when I kind of realized, OK, football might be the ticket for me to go, uh, you know, get college paid for. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. Well, look at that. That's yeah. that's pretty crazy. Like, what, are the, what are the chances? I mean, you go to this school again, relatively known high school here in New Jersey. Um, they, 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 they produce some sports products and I guess you're one of them in, in the weirdest possible way almost. But uh, you're one of them. I mean, what was that jump like from freshman year, literally learning how to play the position to becoming a starter on the varsity team? You know, eight months, nine months later.
1: Ah, incredible! I mean, for me, you know, kind of like you said, Holy Cross always has talent, and, and we always send kids, you know, Division One in in a myriad of sports. So for me, walking in as a sophomore, playing with some of these guys who are already having offers from Rutgers and Iowa and Miami and you know all these huge schools all over the country, I'm like, for me, it was pretty, you know, pretty simple. Like, take three steps back, throw it as far as you can to that guy because he's way better than everybody else. You know, so we would do that, and and luckily, you know, my co-author. Uh, in this book that I you know that I just wrote is uh, you know was was my left guard in uh, in high school. So it's a really funny uh you know really funny coincidence. But you know, he went on to go play for the Cowboys for four years. My my left tackle played at you know was a three year starter at Penn State and you know bounced around the league for a couple of years as well and you know we were just stacked with talents. So. Oh
0: so you were well protected it sounds like <laughs>
1: Indeed. you didn't have no too doubt.
0: much to worry about when you were dropping back <laughs> those two steps. No that, that's awesome man. That's awesome. And then so you go to Lafayette for for your starter there for three years, um Easton very close to where I live. I have a buddy that lives there. I mean, I've been there multiple times. Um, Mesa, the Mexican restaurant, delicious. I don't know if you've been That's, there recently. But, still um, producing hits. Yeah, there, dude, it's fantastic. Still <laughs> fantastic. Um, I mean, what, what was that opportunity like? I mean, just like, what, when was the realization that you know a legitimate Division I program was something that you could not only just go to, but go to, and as you said, be a three-year starter while you're there? And you set a yeah. boatload of records. I didn't write them all down because there's too many, but... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I was successful. Uh, luckily, you know, for me, it, it kind of, you know, it was a combination of all the things I had built before there, you know, playing with these really talented teammates and, and coaches. And, you know, we're, you know, at Holy Cross, I really had a great foundation to be successful. So um, really for me, the 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 biggest transition was just now the difference in, In work ethic you know like what does it mean in high school to work hard it means one thing in college it means something completely different in the pros it means something completely different so kind of scaling that up and realizing okay you know for me four years in a row i never did spring break i never you know i was really never home for more than a handful of days at a time because i don't want to waste that time studying film or 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 developing my you know myself or you know my connection with other teammates you know I'd get out there and try to throw 150 balls to to each receiver, you know, multiple times a week. So it's just really the the, the uh, time commitment was really the biggest thing that that um, helped me be successful. And and once I realized the impact that that time was actually having, and I was I was being more efficient and more efficient with my time, then that's when things really started to take off. And and uh, you know, we were really successful for a couple of years.
0: Hell yeah, man! I love to hear it. Yeah, as I said, a <laughs> lot of records, too many to write down. Um, so after Lafayette, did you have any? Did any any of the NFL teams here uh, in the United States anything? Anyone sniff around? Maybe check out, go to a couple camps or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I had I had a little bit of interest. For me, I'm I'm six one. And and one of those and, and that's what I heard throughout the recruiting process that, you know, kind of coming to the end of my college career was we love you, but you're six one. You know, if you were six four, I'd be happy to take a chance and, and kind of bring you in camp, but you're six one. You gotta you gotta really be elite in another category. A guy like Breeze is elite accuracy, a guy like Vic, who, were, you know, six one was elite speed, you know, there's all these different things um, you know, that that really separate those, you know, those kind of guys. So so they kind of saw me as, hey, you're a six one guy, you have some great, you know, great numbers and great great stuff in in college, but will that translate to the NFL? So it was a really short marriage for me. I kind of realized quick, like, all right, this, this isn't going to happen. Um, but for me, it was really, uh, really exciting when I got a call a handful of weeks later from, uh, from a team in Sweden and said, Hey, you know, we're interested in, in, in uh, having you come over and, and, and be our quarterback. And then, you know, at, at the time I didn't even know that they played football outside of the U.S. <laughs> so it, it was incredible for me when, it, you know, I'm like, are you telling me, you're going to, you're going to move me to Sweden and pay for everything and pay me a salary to play football. I'm like, are you kidding me? So yeah, I jumped on that chance immediately. And, yeah, uh, it, it, you know, it's funny. I actually got offered, offered, I think on a third on a, offered on a Tuesday. And I think I was, I was on a flight Thursday morning to, uh, to get out there and you know, with zero, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, idea that 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 was going to happen, and and really for me, it turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made in my
0: Hell life. Hell yeah! And and you were talking about before you you utilized you know playing in Europe to get to check out other cultures, get to meet other people, yeah. get to, to to spend some time in countries that you definitely at least it doesn't sound like you would have had the opportunity to spend some time in if it wasn't for the game of football.
1: Right, and that's what it is for me. You know, I was a history major and a sociology major in. Uh, you know, in college. So for me, I, you know, I had always studied these cultures and these different kinds of people and kind of, how do you interact with, you know, how does this culture treat that versus this culture? And, and, and now I get to be there, you know, now I'm in the heart of Europe and I get to travel to, to all these places that i read about for so long and, and touch it and feel it and see the people and meet and that, and that's really started a lifelong love of travel uh, for me. And, and um, you know, we just got back from about a year, about, you know, about 11 months straight travel. We kind of did uh, you know, my fiance and I did around the world trip. We just got back from, um, and that was an incredible thing. We, you know, saw about thirty-two countries, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's 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 just grown and grown since you know since the first time I got a chance to uh, to touch a new soil.
0: I'll have to bring you back on because I want to hear about that eleven-month travel. But um, <laughs> we we need to get to talking about this book a little bit. But first, before just a little bit more on, on you know, I know so NFL Europe was a thing um, for a relative. It was. It, I remember. I remember it growing up. And I remember when it ended, and that's about it. Um, I don't remember watching any of the games. I think there was like a team in Germany or a couple teams in Germany. So, like, what was like was this essentially a because this was a few years after that disbanded. I don't remember right, exactly right. when it was. So this was two thousand and what like ten, fourteen-ish. Yeah, I got there. I got there
1: January January ten. Uh, I got there okay. January ten. So my, you know, my understanding was NFL Europe was, was like a farm, you know, like like a farm system basically for, for NFL teams for a long time. But um, what happened was, I guess they weren't really getting a good return on investment because guys were getting hurt and, and, uh, you know, they weren't really getting the work done that they, you know, the NFL teams hoped that they would get done. So they kind of, pulled the investment but really what happened in Europe was the structure now was in place so they had coaches they had facilities now they have stadiums now they have fans you know people are now seeing what this game is so um I was kind of at the beginning of when I just had you know Mm -hmm. just ended and and you see it now I mean there's teams you know games in London all the time and 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 Mexico City you know they're bouncing around the world trying to trying to play football um you know a couple weeks ago I just watched the uh the Super Bowl here at about four o'clock in the morning with all my Swiss buddies. And, uh, you know, it, it's incredible to me to see these people, you know, grew up on the other side of the world, you know, for what, you know, what are you doing up at four o'clock in the morning on Sunday? But these guys want to watch the game and, and it just kind of goes to show how, you know, how, how the game has grown.
0: Did you guys do more or less drinking than I did at my football party?
1: <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine it's pretty similar, man. It's I, I was going to say, pretty like, much the same I feel you like
0: no matter what, you're still going to have a party. You're still going to have your chips and dip. It might be a weird no, no. time to eat them. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure I've cracked a bud light at four o'clock in the morning every once in a while, whether <laughs> I'm just waking up or if I was continued to be up. But yeah, man, I mean, it inc- it's incredible how the sport of football really does. Uh, it does span the entire globe. You know, I have, I have a cousin of mine works for a golf company based out of the UK. And he he they, they they have a work specific um, fantasy league and they talk about you know the teams that they love and they ask them questions all the time. He's based here in the United States, but I think only three people are here in the United States. The rest are over there in Europe. And you know they they just talk about it constantly, and and that's a lot of their work conversations start like that. You know, it's uh, so it's pretty cool to see how many people really do love the sport, and it's something as you said when we got on. I'm repping my Giants today. It's you know, it's been a bad few years, but I, I'm never gonna stop watching the games, and I'm never gonna stop loving the sport because it's there's just something about it. Um, I don't know what it is, man. I just don't know what it is, but it is next year's year. Most, that's what it is. Man. Yeah, next, and next year. A I'm a Mets year. fan too, so next year is always <laughs> well, my year. Couple but uh, years from that. <laughs> but um, no, man, it, it is so cool. And and you know, you bring up you know people watching the super bowl all over the world at all these crazy different times but the london you know it sooner or later there's going to be a team in london it looks like because there's yeah. so much money there that the nfl wants to tap into i mean the jags i think just um just said that they were going to play two home games this year in wow. london um so i mean that's what six in jacksonville and two in london they have that giant stadium they can't fill it so it's uh, it's it's pretty impressive and it's really starting to um really resonate in europe so i mean you were you got there in about 2010 so this is 10 years ago you already saw that happening, as you said. But what was it like playing there for like a hometown team, uh, and, you know, in Switzerland, in Italy? You know, we we always hear about London, and we hear about these gigantic cities. You know, London is you know one of the biggest cities, or at least one of the most well-known cities in the world. What's it like playing for these smaller cities in Italy and in Switzerland, and seeing those fans, what they're like?
1: It, you know, I come from Philadelphia, so I think I know fan pride and fan passion and that kind of stuff. Yikes. You know, we speak yeah, to well say the least, but to say right? the least, you know, you know, uh, you know good and bad. Um, So for me, you know, when I got, you know, my first stop was in a a town called Karlstad in in Sweden. It's about basically halfway between Stockholm and Oslo, kind of right in the middle there. And I got there and it's just like a different level of um, care, you know, it's like because it's really personal to them. So, you know, in all these things, it's like anything. So carlstad is a small town compared to the big city stockholm so the carlstad people can't stand the stockholm people same was it same way the stockholm people can't stand the carlstad people so i was in carlstad we won the championship you know it just gives them a like a, you know a, a sense of pride that you can't really replicate in other ways you know like our postal system works better than yours it doesn't really have the same ring to you know we dom- <laughs> you know like we dominated your team in a in a championship so um you know from there it's just been a you know, been an incredible ride, but yeah, I always cherish my time in those kind of places because it just means so much to those people.
0: And are the leagues broken up like by country? Is it, you know, just maybe a couple of cities like close by? So like what what are the what's the league structure look like over there?
1: Yeah. So typically how it works is there'll be like eight to 10 teams in a league. Um, you know, some, some countries, uh, will have an ABCD league, you know, depending on how many teams that they have, but they'll take the, the the top six, eight, 10 teams, uh, and play like a domestic schedule. And then the winner of those, you know, kind of the champion of champions will go then play an international tournament. There's a handful of, uh, American football, international tournaments, um, you know, to be in. So the, you know, the winner of this league plays the winner of that league and, and, um, so it's, you know, kind of like a Champions League in soccer. type. Of yeah, that's what I was, uh, was
0: going to say. It kind of sounds like it equates a lot, like, to the soccer. That, and yes, I mean, that makes you know, sense. But there's a playoff, right? Because I know the Premier League doesn't have a playoff, which is still crazy to me. Um, but hopefully it sounds like you guys got a championship, which means you, you won the playoff, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's different with football because, you know, guys' bodies are just beat up after these games. You don't have the same uh, kind of recovery time. So, you know, you play one game a week, you have, you know, a week or two break, you know, in the playoffs type of deal and then and get it again. But, yes, you know, kind of the same idea as a Champions League.
0: Very cool, man. I love it. That, that is very interesting. So now let's talk a little bit about the book. And before we get to the book, though, what was transitioning out of football like? So you're over in Europe playing yeah. and coaching for about four years. What was the reason, I guess, behind saying, you know what, that was, that was enough. I've had enough football. I think we're good to go.
1: Yeah, for me, it was kind of, you know, uh, a gift and a curse. You know, I had the, all, you know, all this time to play football and all this time to, to travel and see the world. And, 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 and really, for me, it was just kind of my body breaking down. You know, I wish I could, you know, continued to play, but over the course of so many years and so many hits and so many, you know, injuries and that, you know, that kind of stuff, it just kind of made me not be able to do the things that I, that I was accustomed to doing and I kind of wanted to do. And so, um, you know, for me, my last year was uh, I played a year in Bologna in Italy, and uh, the first game, like first quarter concussion, played the rest of the season. Playoff game, first quarter concussion, and I'm thinking, like, you know, on the sideline, I'm like. You know, I'm here to do a job, but I also want to walk and talk to my kids mm-hmm, one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was really the first time I kind of looked up and 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 started to think a little more long term. You know, before that, it was really kind of the next contract and next the, the next country to see, the next place to be. Um, but that kind of opened my eyes to like, there's gonna be a future after football football is gonna end one day and that's and and for me really that was something that i really hadn't given you know given too much thought to before uh so that was kind of a realization and and once i kind of sat down uh with my family a little bit more and talked about it you know kind of size right you know the right decision for me to to pull out and and, uh you know
0: invest my time and energy into something else Mm -hmm. and then you went to medical device sales it looked like yeah so i went to
1: yeah pharmaceutical sales so i jumped into that into that field um you know, for me coming out of football and, you know, one of my greatest strengths as a quarterback is communication and, and uh, coordination and that kind of stuff, you know, kind of being a catalyst for for positive change for all of our teammates and athletes and all that kind of stuff. So that was something I was really good at. So, was just, you know, was just, I started to do the research on what kind of industries value that kind of stuff uh, and, and you know, without without stretching too, too far, how could I really uh, impact an industry with my skills that I have today? Um, so that's, that's kind of direction I went to, to, uh, to start my, my work as a sales representative for those, uh, those couple of years. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I learned a ton from there, you know, and it's, it's, you know, that's been the kind of the beauty and the blessing of my, my journey so far is I've really taken and been able to grow in every single you know opportunity that I, you know, that I, that I can, and that I have taken. Um, and that's, you know, kind of, kind of continues to do it. But luckily for me, it's been so many different kind of. Industries and markets and cultures and places that I I feel like I have a really well rounded um, kind of view of kind of mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think it is really interesting and and I didn't do all the necessary research. I kind of wanted to be surprised a little bit because sometimes that's <laughs> more fun. But I know Phil, your co-author, also was in medical sales for a hot minute, right. um, if I'm not mistaken, over in you know maybe the same country you were located in. So was there was there a crossover? Where is that? Where you guys kind of hooked back up or is this just a huge coincidence, which is something I personally don't believe in?
1: No, it's funny. It's actually, it is a coincidence. So he actually, um, he would, so he retired in 2014 or 2015 early. Let's say I was probably retired for eight months to a year before he got out. So I, I had already jumped into pharmaceutical sales by then. Um, and uh, we actually lived together, moved in together when he retired. Um, because you know, we're both, you know, kind of retired athletes, kind of in the same, you know, in the same place, looking to kind of achieve the same things, trying to figure out what's next uh, for us. So, um, you know, one of the things that, that Phil did, I think that was really beneficial that that really paid dividends for him was um, he was really, really intentional about spending time with, people in the kind of industries and markets that he was interested in already. So I know for him, he, you know, he spent time at NFL films. He spent time um, with lawyers, with, uh, I know he spent time with doctors. I know he spent time with kind of judges, like kind, of, kind of going through the gamut of things that he you know, may be interested in. Um, and, you know, I think for him, his dad's a doctor, his mom's a nurse. So it's probably pretty easy to slide into the medical field. Uh, you know, he's probably already pretty familiar with that. So, um, you know, he jumped into to dealing with kind of heart surgeries and that's, that's kind of next level. Um, from what I was doing, so his, you know his was much more intense, much more um, you know he had much more responsibilities than I had in mind um, but yeah it 's just kind of the same idea you know because part of it is it 's also you know sales is competition as well, so you know we 're looking for something to 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 stoke that fire to. You know, to really interest you to really get you up out of bed every morning. And that was a thing for both of us for, you know, for a long time that we kind of looked to was like, all right, let, let's go win the day again today. You know, that's the idea. Let's go win today. Uh, and that's the same mentality we've had since, you know, as athletes for, you know, for a long, long time. So that you know, was a pretty natural transition for us.
0: Yeah. And it clearly worked out and I'm sure that rent wasn't too difficult to reach if you guys are both in medical, you know, pharmaceutical <laughs> and medical device sales. I mean, you know, let's, I'm not going to ask you how many dollars you made, but I'm sure you're doing just fine there. Um. So, so let's, let's talk about, a little bit more about the book the transition playbook for athletes how elite athletes win after sports where where does the idea for this book come from so it's you and your you know you and your roommate both doing medical and pharmaceutical sales hanging out in your apartment one night maybe drinking a beer i don't know like what what tell us the story like whose idea was it and how did you guys kind of start to formulate what it was like to really put something like this together
1: yeah, I mean, I guess, it, you know, probably subconsciously, it really started when Phil came back and I was already settled, you know, well, in theory settled. Um, so he was kind of coming back and asking me some of the questions that I had just answered myself, you know, so I kind of saw like, okay, this is something that that can be beneficial for a lot of people. Uh, and then, you know, one of the things, um, Phil, you know, Phil had a project in mind that, you know, he wanted to write a book uh, before he turned 30 years old. So that was already in, in his mind. Um, so for me, I kind of saw the parallels to that and I'm like, this is the book, this is, this is how we can impact people right now. People like us, people who think like us, and there's, you know, millions of athletes in the U S millions of kids every year who are, you know, now, you know, whose careers are ending at some point. And, and they're going to have the same questions that, you know, that we have. So, you know, we did some research, we looked around, uh, you know, to try to find some resources that we could kind of know, you know, like, where do I go? Do I, you know, go, you know, read a book? Do I go a CD or a website? You know, like, where do I find all this information? You know, like, where is this stuff right now in, in 2019, 2020, like, where is this? And we did, you know, we kind of dug around and couldn't find anything. So we're like, all right, this is the book that, you know, we need to create it ourselves. Then that's, that's really, you know, what it comes down to. And really the idea behind the book was let's gather a hundred people or more that would used to be uh, pro athletes who are now successful in something else. Like, how do they do it? Really, just give me the playbook. Give me the transition playbook for athletes. You know, like what did you do? Who did you talk to? You know, what are the obstacles you faced? You know, what were the resources you used? All this kind of stuff. And 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 that was kind of the genesis for the book, and and it kind of grew from there.
0: And so, I guess you didn't find anything similar to this on the market. I'm sure there's a couple other books. You know, I know of a few people that are doing something similar and having having similar success to what you guys did. And you're all work. You're all fighting for the same thing, right? So it's awesome. You know, what's what's wrong with yeah, more resources? Right. I guess what um how did, how did you start reaching out to these athletes? At what point were you just let, and, and and who were you targeting? I know you said athletes that were successful in sport and now something else. Was there like a, a a target list of like, well, Michael Jordan was pretty good at sports and now he's a billionaire, Uh, you know? So like, so like, where did you kind of draw that line that made sense to actually get like more, you know, quote unquote, like real life stories? Because yeah, it's, Listening to what Michael Jordan did compared to, you know, a, a Olympic long jumper, it's going to be very, very different because Michael Jordan is now a mogul in so many senses, and right. that Olympic long jumper really had to start another career and actually go ahead. So, so like, where how did you guys kind of formulate who you wanted to talk to as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, for us it was just – it was really about finding a, like really a diverse array of opinions. So we wanted, first of all, first of all, a bunch of different sports. I want to hear from the people who, you know, from, from swimmers, from divers, I want to hear from field hockey. I want to hear from like, and, and, and for us, it was like, how do we, you know, like what's the saying about all these people? They're all athletes. So for us, that was kind of the common thread that we can pull from anybody. So you know, I guess it was kind of in our naivete as as kind of young uh, first time authors, you know, we reached out to everybody, you know, Serena Williams got an email from us, you know, I mean, like, really, like all these people, you know, we just, you know, like kind of Layla Ali, I'm like, these are people that I'd like to know what happened. And and, and that really was was uh, kind of the motivation for it. it's like, if, I, if, if Phil or I was actually interested in their story to actually hear what they did and what they went, you know, went through, we were reaching out to them. Um, so we probably sent out, uh, who knows 5,000 emails, you know, really, you know, and, and probably got 500 responses that we narrowed down to kind of the best 100 plus, but, uh, Sounds you know, like sales. Kind of, yeah, Sounds I like mean, a lot of sales. That's really what it was for us. It was like, you know, how can we use all the skills that we have already as athletes, as salespeople now, to like give this resource back to the next generation. And that, and that was really the biggest thing for us. How can we give good and and give resources to the next generation so they can do it better than we did.
0: And how, how would you say this is different than some of the other books or other, you know, resources out on the market?
1: Yeah, so I mean, really what we found in our research at the time was there's really two kinds of books. One, you know, like one kind of book was the individual athlete telling you know, telling their story, which is great. And I'm, and, and you know, I grew up reading those kind of books, you know, biographies, but really what, you know, what we found was on page 200, there was like a little thing that was like a great nugget for us. Like that would have been great to know. So that was like kind of one set and the other ones were written by academics, you know, written for white papers and written for college classrooms to, to really analyze some stuff. And I'm like, how do we bring these two worlds together? How do we merge this stuff? Um, so really like the idea of, of kind of curating it and, um, creating it was make it like twitter size make it make it good for the 2020 audience you know like people don't want to read all that nonsense they want to get to the good stuff you know so that was that was kind of the idea of of um kind of putting it together. And, and one of the things that we constantly kept in our head is how will this help the reader? How will this help the athlete just going through a transition? And if it didn't help, we took it out. And that's, you know, it was pretty simple from that perspective.
0: I love it. And you, you keep bringing up athletes, but is this, I mean, a transition's a transition, right? You, you transitioned from medical sales into, you right. know, writing, writing a book and being an author and traveling the entire world. So is some, is this, I mean, I know obviously it's, it's for elite athletes, but a lot of people can consider themselves elite in a lot of different places. Sure. Can this be utilized rather than just for athletes, just for you know someone like myself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, it's helpful for for anybody going through any kind of transition. I mean, these are these are real life stories from people who've transitioned. You know, so just because athletes kind of speak a similar language, that's kind of why we grouped it uh, in that way. But but really, this you know this stuff applies to to anybody going through any kind of transition. Uh, you know, for the most part, it's and 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 it's real life advice from people who've done it. And that's, and that's kind of, you know, I kind of keep coming back to that, but that's such an important idea. It's not like it's, you know, it's not in theory. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, exactly. what someone has done, whether or not it's worked. And that it's, it's, you know, kind of the scientific method of trial and error. You know, did this work? Great. Put it in the book. Did it not work? Great. Tell people it didn't work work
0: they don't have to do it yeah yeah i mean i so just as a a little aside like i learned how to drive by being in the car with my mom and learning not what to do right right (laughs) he's not my favorite driver i never let her drive anywhere and it's really just like okay this is what mom does do the exact opposite, and, and sometimes that's how people learn, right? Like some people, you know, the 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 positive doesn't really work; it doesn't resonate as much. It's the negative, it's the fear factor that really drives them more. Um, and and so it's it's good to know the the negatives and some of the things that people tried and didn't work because that's a now you don't have to go through that failure, right? You're exactly. you're able to just kind of you know okay, well I'll start here where it started to work for me Exactly, that-
1: exactly. You're gonna start on step two versus starting on the bottom. I mean, that's and that's really the trick is just trying to give these you know these people like a you know a little bit of a head start as they go into it. And and really the beauty of the book and kind of why we put it in book format versus an app or versus a video or versus something like this is the idea that it's going to be there for the next 10, 20 years on your bookshelf. And you know, you may read something in here and it might not affect you today, but in 10 years it might be the perfect thing you need to hear. Um, and kind of vice versa, you know, it could be something that you need to hear now and it doesn't apply in 10 years. So and now you know the idea was to have it handy, make it, make it easily readable uh for you know for people to to flip through pick up put down, take what you want leave the rest and uh and, you know, again, hopefully it really mm-hmm. benefits these people.
0: Yeah, I love it. And what, what's the book writing process like? I'm actually going through it currently myself. Yeah. i just starting yeah. to write a book. Uh, I've done a lot of interviews with a lot of really cool people. And I, I kind of want to do the same thing. Here's, here's some lessons I learned. You guys might, might benefit, from it, from, benefit from it as well. So what was the actual book writing process like? Like how many interviews did you do with each person? Um, you know, how did you and distribute, you know, what you had to do for the book? Like what, what does that side of it look like?
1: Yeah, so I mean, you know, I guess to first address the Phil and us part of it, really, it was just kind of like what needs to get done next? You know, really, we're just knocking it out because, you know, kind of two, you know, two heads, kind of one mind. Uh, you know, it was kind of the idea is these things need to be done for this book to be successful. But was the first one to get them done. You know, I'll race you to the end. You know, yeah. that's, that was kind of the deal.
0: First um, to 50 wins.
1: Really. And then and then we just kind of bounce it back and forth between each other. Like, how does this sound? You know, you know, do you like that? You know, would you say this differently? Would you you know like would you add this or take this out so it was it was really like a uh you know one of those things where if we didn't agree then you know we took it out if you know we agreed then it was first you know worth being in there Then we look at it a couple more times but you know eventually it would it would be in there um but yeah i mean the writing process was was really i guess the hardest part of that was just the structure of it you know like you get easily distracted especially you know this is my best friend i'm writing with it's easy to Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. go off on a tangent about 30 other things i'm thinking at the same time so Um, The idea of, you know, here's four hours, we're going to block these four hours out, we're going to work on this, you know, and kind of having that stuff clearly structured of, you know, I need to achieve X, Y, and Z today. And, you know, however long that takes, that's how long it takes. But here's a four-hour block. Here's, you know, here's the things. Let's make that happen. Um, so for us, it was, it was you know, really beneficial to create some real structure around that. Uh, and that made it a lot more fun because we kind of knew what we were doing and we can really enjoy the process of it without feeling stressed out or feeling like, you know, we have a million other things to do. What well, we do, but today we're focusing on X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And then w- w- this was on top of your current jobs, correct? Correct, yeah. Correct. So, so how much is, uh, like how much yeah. time are you guys spending? You said four hour blocks. So, this is you know you got your nine to five. You come home, you eat dinner, and then the rest of the night is is you dudes chilling on a couch writing a book.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, it's funny because because uh, you know we've been bouncing around. So, I I had already moved to Switzerland by the time um, really the book you know kind of the first round of interviews started coming back. So, we were working on a time difference anyway. So, um, yeah, it kind of depends on on the schedule, kind of who's around when, but but we will make it happen. Um, and then weekends were huge for us. You know, weekends are really, really big. You know, we spend almost almost all weekend. A lot of weekends for almost two years crafting it, really. You know, kind of refining it and and making it into something that we thought would be beneficial for for these people.
0: That eleventh month, uh, that eleventh month travel really starts to make sense once you once you dive a little bit deeper <laughs> in the story. Now, man,
1: I needed a breath, man.
0: Really a well de- a well-deserved <laughs> breath, a well-deserved <laughs> breath um, and I mean you, you got to talk to so many incredible athletes uh, you, name, name, if you don't mind name dropping a couple um, I would yeah. I would really appreciate it it's like who, who are some of the coolest athletes that you guys had um, in the book?
1: But, I mean, it was a combination. I mean, really all these athletes were incredible, you know, kind of when you, you know, once you get to realize their stories and kind of see what, what the challenges they face, it's like, these athletes are incredible. Every one of these people who made it to the top of their profession is, you know, uh, you know, above Rock, and beyond uh, anything. Yeah, that I, uh, exactly. Really. It's incredible. But, uh, you know, we had like a former, uh, so, you know, a lot of people were in the book, um, who were, who were, uh, big stars, but really the idea was, you know, we have a little bit of everything. I want people who, you know, you don't know Mm -hmm. and, you know, just to give their advice and their experience. And that was kind of part of the idea too, is, you know, I didn't want, you know, a hundred Michael Jordans in this book. I wanted, I wanted, you know, all Michael's teammates from high school, you know, that kind of idea. So, we, uh, you know, like, for example, Matt Burke was a center uh, for the Vikings for a long time. He's in the book. Summer Sanders was a former Olympian who hosted uh, uh, some shows, you
0: know, the TV host. She's in the book. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Nick Gas. Yeah, yeah, baby, yeah, yeah. let's go. <laughs>
1: That's what it is, man you know and and that was one of the coolest things for us to have you know these people responded to my emails you know you kidding me like summer sanders wrote back to me and actually answered some questions that i thought you know and and really it comes down to they wanted to give back to the next generation as well and that was and that was something that that we really aligned on with all these athletes who are in the book is the idea of giving back and 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 making the next generation uh you know helping them kind of climb you know the ladder and and uh and become successful eventually.
0: I love it, man. That is so cool. And what, um, what's yeah. some of your favorite advice, um, from, from the book?
1: Yeah, I got, I mean, I got a ton and, 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 there's so much that I, well, for example, for me, you know, one of the biggest things I took away personally from the book was so many of these athletes went back for, uh, you know, kind of post-secondary education, mm-hmm. kind of going back to school, going back, you know, back and back to school to grad school to getting masters and doctorates and all these kind of things. And actually inspired me, uh, actually began my, my uh nba program this week um so that Congratulations. was that I, yeah thank you you know that was something that i actually uh, directly took right out of the book it's like really inspiring i was like you know i gotta take my own advice here at some point like all these people have have really um kind of reinvested in themselves in their education so that was something um that i use today uh you know during the course of my you know course of my regular day something else you know that i that i didn't do i guess consciously until i kind of saw her in there was uh keegan randall talks about um taking a you know kind of a list every day of of how she did every day was it you know kind of as she's training she she's you know going through a checklist of did i do this today plus minus plus minus well in real life that works too you know the same idea you just kind of change the scale is it you know did i do this today yes no yes no yes no and and there she can kind of structure it the same way so she can see okay that was a positive day that was a negative day you know these are things that I, I need to do tomorrow or or work on so yeah i mean really the whole book is just full of both prescriptive meaning you know kind of telling you how to do it and and kind of descriptive um meaning like this is what i did and and uh, this is how it will benefit you so you know for us it was kind of a cool combination of of both of those types of, of advice that we could share.
0: I love it, man. And what's the risk? Re- I mean, the book's been out for a little while. I remember I connected yeah. with Phil before the book got released. Um, so it was a little yeah. while ago now. And what, what is, what's the response been like? Like how many people have been reaching out to you guys saying, you know, thank you yeah. so much. You're literally changing my life
1: yeah no it's it's been really exciting for us because we get to connect with all these people now because and that was part of the thing that we realized as we got to the end of the book like hey we're gonna have a lot of feedback from this people are going to be you know one to touch us and 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 and, and just kind of keep the conversation moving forward and 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 uh and talk about it so for us it's been incredible uh really an incredible response you know we we're the book's being used in a couple of grad classes across the country right now that that we're really looking to follow up from these uh, professors. I think Phil's going to be down at UCF in a couple of weeks um, to drop in all, on one of these grad classes. That's, that's using the book. And I'm really excited for the feedback from that to really dig into it, you know, more than kind of surface level. Um, but, you know, we're, you know, the book's been purchased by the major league soccer players association. Um, we're working with, you know, Olympic athletes all over. We're working with uh, companies like Ernst and Young. They have a, um, some programs that you know where they connect uh, former Olympians to their top top uh, salespeople and kind of mentorship programs and stuff like that. So that's that's been really incredible. So for us um, going around and 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 now being able to kind of get in front of these students, especially at high school level, college level. And, and kind of talk to them about what the ex you know what they expect and we realized how important that is and, and uh, That's part of the book as well is really setting expectations of understanding what's going to happen And I think, you know, people are really anxious a lot of times about the future because you don't know what's going to happen So if I can give them a little bit of clarity or you know If we can give them a little bit of clarity on this, this is what you should expect next This is what may may happen. These are some options to deal with that um that's kind of you know the impact that we're trying to have
0: absolutely and and you brought up a good point before talking about you know you want Michael Jordan's high school teammates to be in this book you know so what have you heard or what has the response been from non-professional athletes maybe athletes that you know played a lot in high school but really couldn't get anywhere in college or played all throughout four years of college and realized you know there's really no pro league that I can go join like now I have to you know obviously recreational is an op- option, but there's so many athletes coming out of college that have done this for the last 15 twenty years of their life, and then now they're pretty much told like yep the competition's pretty much over unless you want to join right. like a beer league softball team like right. sorry man so so have you heard any you know reactions or responses from those types of athletes yeah it's been good it's, it's,
1: it's kind of the same idea I mean no matter if you're an you know an Olympian or you're playing rec league, you still identify as an athlete and that's and that's part of the athlete you know that 's part of, kind of what connects us anyway is that we all identify as athletes and and when that 's kind of taken from you there 's a different you know it's it 's really tough to kind of come back from that because that 's such a big part of who you are, especially if you 're not prepared for it if you 're not thinking of it and, and you don 't know that that 's going to happen it kind of hits you really you know kind of like a punch in the face or it 's like really wow, how do I kind of move on from here you know this this is gone um so and you know you know we 've heard from a lot of people just like that saying you know even though i didn 't play uh professionally or anything this this book has still been beneficial for me because these are the same problems I face. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, you know, maybe not only through, through sports, but also other life transitions as well.
0: Awesome, man. And what, um, what kind of updates you got for us? Anything else coming out? You got another, you guys got another book rolling along maybe another hundred <laughs> yeah, athletes, yet. anything? I don't know. Not
1: yet. Not yet. Not yet. We got some ideas for, uh, for kind of some follow ups and, and for us really it's now it's still spreading the word. Uh, you know, we have graduation season coming up, so we want to get in this uh, in the hands of as many graduating athletes as possible or, you know, kind of retiring athletes, you know, however, you want to look at it. But this is kind of the season where kind of the season's end now. It's come to spring, summer, it's banquet season, it's kind of graduation season. So, really, it's just for us, you know, we have a great resource, but if people don't know about it, then it does nothing for him. So for us, it's you know really about spreading the word right now and and um, touching as many people as possible because you know we think it's such a good resource and and uh, it really will help people.
0: I love it, man. If there's anything I can do to help, uh, let me know. After this Thank gets released, I'll I'll tell a couple people about it. But Rob, Very this cool. was awesome, man. Thank you so much. Is it, did you guys get into Lafayette yet? I mean, that's your former, you know, your your yeah. alumni. Are you are you slinging books around there yet?
1: i i got i got lafayette leopards on board man they're they all those athletes there are going to know how to win after sports there
0: we you know, go man i know, I might know a couple people at Rutgers. so after this i'll uh we'll, we'll connect and see what we can do there yeah, but rob cool. sincerely this was absolutely fantastic rob Curley, co-author of the transition playbook for athletes how elite athletes win after sports appreciate your time today man thanks for having me man. that was great Thank you so much for listening to this episode and really all the episodes of For the Love of Sports. Sincerely appreciate your time. I know it's the only thing we don't get more of. So I really do appreciate you giving me a little bit of yours. And thank you. That's really all I can say. Like this is easily the most fun I get to have on a daily basis. So if you know anybody that you think would have some fun hanging out with me for 45 minutes to an hour to just chop it up about what they do in sports. There's so many opportunities in the industry. And I really want to help people understand young kids college graduates, career changers, that there are so many different things you can do in this industry. You don't just have to be an athlete. You don't have to be a coach or an executive. You can work at some of these incredible companies and with like these incredible people that you've heard before. So please, 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 if you could give us a five-star review on Apple, on Spotify, wherever the heck you get your uh, podcast, please give us a review. Please share this and yeah, tell your friends about it. It's a lot of fun for me. So if you know anybody, as I said, that would like to come on, I'd love it. But if you just share it with your friends and they learn a little bit, That's good enough too. So thank you all so much, and I hope you make it a wonderful day.